This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Ology Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us, we have Paul Woodward, one of the founders of Ology Brewing, and Nick Walker, brewmaster and also a founder of Ology Brewing. Today, we're going to talk about curbside can releases, new locations and new plans, science versus art in brewing, and hot beers like Juice Lab and Sensory Overload. Paul, Nick, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. You know, we kind of know the answer from everybody right now as as how things are going. So we'll actually dive into that a little bit later. We don't want to dwell on it, but I I don't think you can really ignore it right now. But uh, how's this week gone? Let's just deal with small pieces. How's this week been for you? I, I can't say it's less busy than it's ever been from a uh, a business standpoint. Uh, we, we've got new equipment coming in. We've got uh, plans that we're trying to make, make all make sense and uh, figure yeah. out what the next month holds. We're, we're still not open as a brewery here in town. so. Okay, gotcha. You're one of the guys, you're bucking the system with all the shutdowns here. You, you continue to grow and expand and get new stuff there, right? Yeah, us and uh, I'd say a fair amount of our friends are still doing the same thing. Good, man. That's yeah. good. Forget yeah. COVID. We don't need COVID getting in our <laughs> way here. And so, Brian, you actually took a little trip down to Florida this week, didn't you? I did. I did. I, I went down to visit some family over the Memorial Day weekend and uh, met my new uh, nephew. So I'm an uncle okay. again. New yeah, nephew, right. hung out with the friends, uh, the family, mostly family. I guess they're kind of friendly. Uh, I did have a chance to sneak out for some a little them. tiny bit, yeah, some of them. <laughs> and I got to I got to uh grab some to-go beers from Ellipsis and Sideword. Um so both places look like they probably were fun to hang out in if you could get in them, but it was mostly a you know, grab your stuff to go. Get your stuff and get out of yeah, here. Yeah, get your masks, social distancing. So, yeah, it was kind of you get a taste of it, but it's not it's not exactly what you're looking for, but it's cool that I got some beer. So that, right. that was pretty neat. I also, when I came back, I decided I needed to throw on a drink your cellar beer. So I opened up a King's Ransom from 2016 from Creature Comforts and it's holding up well. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I've still got one of those yeah. that, that I've been sitting on. Now, while you were down in Florida, you did get to meet one of our friends and longtime listeners, yes, right? that's right. So Daryl, Daryl Langley, that's been listener. I think since the early days he's been, he's been around, we, we talk and he shares Info on the Florida beer scene. He sent us some goodies back up here. And we sent him so, some goodies this time. Yes, to, we to went pay him both, back, went both yeah. ways there. So good time, man. Yeah. I took it kind of easy. Went out. I went out to Sweetwater this weekend. We are starting to open, you know, trickle in here in Georgia. And uh, patio weather, man. It was nice patio weather. So I went and sat on, on Sweetwater's patio, had some beers and lunch there. They had a um, Asahi Berliner there called, I think it's called the, at least there's water. So I got that, and you know, at least there was a water there, Brian. So, so I guess that, that fruit's beer, terribly, terribly good for tasty you. Tasty beer, and something, Brian, that we've talked about many times: Sweetwater IPA, fresh from the source. Man, that's that's underrated. 
that is still just a classic IPA, you. just a yep. delicious beer, really good. So I enjoyed it, man. Met uh, met our buddy Adam out there, brewer down at Eventide Brewing, and we hung out and shared some beers there. And then Memorial Day, burgers and dogs, man. I did it up the classic thing. Uh, you know, I was watching these posts of people smoking ribs and pork butts and that, and I was a little jealous. But my burgers and dogs did okay. And, Brian, I got to eat some of my homemade sauerkraut. Speaking of things that are on, good for you, air right, quotes. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, uh, no, I've been fermenting all the foods at the house. You know, just uh, I've got sauerkraut and kimchi and eggs and I don't, I don't carrots, Brian, onions. You, you got me fermenting a small amount of yeah. carrots and the leftover, Brian, from yours. See? It's early days, but it's pretty tasty. Yeah. You using the Noma book? No, you know what? I've been I'm I'm new to food fermentation, so I just picked it up. It's my quarantine hobby. Everybody's been taking their quarantine hobbies, and I've been watching everybody talk about the Noma guide being kind of the Bible to food fermentation. Sure. So I take it since you know the Noma book, you do play in the food fermentation arts. Am I right? I definitely dabble, but okay. um, yeah. I think you probably are farther along than me. Okay. I have uh done some sauerkraut and some pickling yeah. of random things plenty of times but sounds like you're doing it on a regular daily basis at the moment you know i'm the type when i dive into a new hobby i'm just i go way overboard so i've got my kitchen's got jars and containers and i've done kimchi and cr you know for those that haven't fermented their own food the ingredients to homemade sauerkraut brian are you ready for this oh hold on let me get a pen all right cabbage and salt could you repeat that? That's it. Cabbage, <laughs> salt. And okay. you just I got you it. rub the salt in there, and then the the natural uh, bugs living on that, your lactobacillus and stuff, goes to work, and boom. There's there's more to controlling it, but those are the only ingredients. Now, cabbage and sauerkraut aren't things I'm looking for in a beer in terms of flavor, but there are sure. other things. I would like to see the, the merging of fermented foods and certain sour beers. I yeah. think there could be something there maybe – Fermented beets and yeah. uh, red ale. Well, I was talking to Jason Pellet down at Orpheus. You know, he's a plum fan. We've had oh, he that is discussion a before. Fan. And there's an, a Japanese, I think they're a salt-cured plum called, I think it's called umabashi. Guys, are you familiar with umabashi by any chance? I have not heard of umabashi, but I have had Jason's black coconut beers, and they're, they're tasty. Those are good. Really good, yeah. I think I went to school with that guy, Umabashi. With Umabashi? Yeah, good guy. So good I, to I told him he needed to do a sour beer with Umabashi. He agreed, so we'll see if that comes up in the future. That would be interesting. You know, Tim, I think it's time for us to get into the beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, as always, we have a great list of beers to get into, several from Ology that we're going to drink. We're right now, we're sipping some Purple Telescopy, I think is the way you pronounce it. Telescopy, right? yeah. No. Purple Telescope. So we're drinking <laughs> Purple Telescope, uh, Berliner with uh, with the fruits, raspberry, blackberry, and strawberry. Very cool color on that. Super tasty beer. We also have Ology's All Together IPA, and we'll talk a little bit about what All Together is in the show, Brian, we will talk about it. We've got the Resolved Enigma West Coast IPA, which I'm sure you'll be a fan of there. Looking forward to it. that bitterness. And uh, some Sensory Overload Hazy Citra IPA. Also, some of the beers you brought back from Orlando. We have Sideward, uh, Space Wizard, and a few others. Ellipsis Hey Heffa, Pecan Pie Stout, and some others there. So, Brian, yeah. that's what we're going into. What's happening this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. 
All right. So the, some of the biggest news, I think, of the week is that a high court judge in the UK has dismissed BrewDog's libel claim against Frank PR. Yes. As you might recall, there was a controversial press release back in 2018 when Scofflaw was launching in the UK with, with partnership in partnership with BrewDog. It basically offered free beer to fans of Trump in the UK during the launch events. Uh, almost immediately, BrewDog severed ties with Scofflaw. They are not fans of Trump. This might surprise you. Not Tom. almost not, immediately. Yeah, like literally within minutes yeah, of within, the news. Hit. Within minutes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it, it, and apparently, even before they talked to Scofflaw, all the launch events were canceled. Ultimately, an unnamed Frank PR uh, employee was blamed for the rogue press release and was fired. Following that, uh, BrewDog sued Frank PR for libel, claiming that the press release had damaged BrewDog's brand and simply stated the high court judge reviewed the case disagreed saying that while trump was a controversial political figure stating that somebody supporting him would not be enough to support a libel claim so brew dogs too punk man they couldn't handle that uh, so, that's yeah. exactly right yeah but in what is probably the most important news of the week two real men of genius went viral this week with their beer catapult in walla walla washington shout out to ktel our station in walla walla from the look of the video, they're, they're neighbors. One one calls over to the other saying he's out of beer, and boom, the catapult whips over a beer, and he catches it without leaving his chair. As you know, I've been an advocate for the trebuchet I, me yes, method yes, yes. of beer delivery during the pandemic as a way of minimizing unnecessary contact and maximizing overall awesomeness. Now, this technically wasn't a trebuchet, but I got to tell you, Tim, it worked. The Close beer was enough, delivered right? yeah. through the air as if by magic, and seeing it work was profoundly moving for me. It got a little emotional. Yeah, Did I got tear up a little. I got bit a little, there? little verklempt, uh, I think, gosh. is what uh, Mike Myers used to say on the uh, just SNL. encouraging yeah. you, Brian. That's yes. right. Yeah. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Ology Brew. Is your brewery or restaurant pouring all jacked up? Your foundation needs to be protected from heat, chemicals, and other contaminants. At the same time, you want to make sure it's slip resistant and you can clean up your messes with soap and water. You know who to call? ResTech. We've been manufacturing poured-in-place flooring since 2002, and we've got solutions to fit any facility's needs. Go on and visit our website at ResTech.net. That's R-E-S-T-E-K.net. Drop us a line and we will come to you for a free evaluation. Oh, yeah. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand. So if you missed the pod broadcast, get the podcast. Yes. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular podcasting apps. Now let's get back to our talk with Ology Brewing. 
Nick, I got a question for you, sir. We just opened one of your beers here, Resolved Enigma. Can you tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah, so this is a West Coast IPA um, in in form. It's very, uh, it's got the bitterness. It's got uh, a lot of hops in it, and it is fairly clear. We're kind of going back to what some of the West Coast guys are actually doing right now, which is uh, pretty malt light. They're going all Pilsner malt or um, just no crystal, no caramel malt. So you don't get the flabbiness. You don't get the kind of sweet mouthfeel. They expect out of those malts, which uh, to me allows the beer to be much more drinkable. I'm not a big fan of those malts and my IPAs. Okay. So you're looking at a very clean, uh, we're calling the crispy West Coast right now in in in-house. Might be seeing the label next time. But um, in general, it's just a very easy drinking West Coast IPA. Uh, there's a ton of Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic hops in there, so it's hopped to the levels of like a West of a um, New England hazy IPA, but it is yeah, uh, okay. in in form. It is a West Coast. I like this, and that for me to say I like a West Coast IPA is not something I say that often. The bitterness is there, but it's not bracing. You know, it's it's a balanced bitterness. It's nice and the really good hops presence in there. And, uh, you know, Nick, before we got on the air here, you mentioned kind of talking about the West Coast IPAs, which that's not something we talk about much anymore, man. It's all about these hazy juices and that. Are, are West Coast IPAs becoming cool again? They're back. They're back. They're back. Uh, yeah, I think I think we'll uh, I think we'll see more of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, as people are drinking these Pilsners, I think they still want a little more flavor. Um, I, I okay. am just as happy with a Pilsner as well. But uh, I think this is yeah the next step after you're going back to a Pilsner, you might be going back to these West Coast IPAs. But are you telling me we're going full circle here that we went to the juice bombs and now Pilsners are cool and Pilsners are bringing out the hunger for the West Coast IPAs? I mean, we're be thousand yeah. IBUs this next. is circle of life here, man. Parachute pants so. are back. Man, That's right. I'm ready. I got a closet full. It's going to be great. I have to know what enigma does this beer resolve? Whatever enigma you sat down with. There you go. Okay. Taken right. care of, man. Taken care of. You know, that's I, we have heard people talking about West Coast IPAs. There's always that holdout with these juicies where you occasionally hear the one, the one old guy, you know, the guy that's 35, which is ancient. So and old. he'll say, man, I, I want to just got that bitterness, that West Coast bitter ipas bring back the resinous bitter ipas we we, uh, we fully embrace the hazy ipa we opened with them uh yeah, and I, sure. I very uh, much appreciate them but uh, i think people are looking for a little something more gripping and biting to to break that sweetness and i think the style also is is kind of an alternative to west coast but while still being west coast like nick talked about like dropping sure. out anything that's malty and sweet which is kind of predominantly what you thought of when you were in that like upper seven percent west coast ipa and when you change the grain bill up and just don't use those sweeter more modified crystallized malts i think the beer is significantly better than what west coast might be used to be so and i think there's some good west really on trend focused west coast breweries right now that are kind of leading the charge on doing this style well um and yeah, I think Nick is really good at kind of sniffing out what's next. And if, if Nick says it's the next thing, it probably actually is. Good it probably deal. Is. All right. So I was thinking about what does this remind me of when I was drinking it, because it's definitely not your typical West Coast. As we've discussed, you've kind of backed into a little bit, not quite, but the Brute IPA. It's the light body. It's not as effervescent, but it's it's getting close. The super light body and uh, 
I, I don't know that I agree with your assessment, Brian. I, th- I think it kind of a little bit of influence there. There is some influence. I, I personally did not jump on that brood IPA trend. It's not a beer for yeah. me. Um, okay. I appreciate the dry hopped Pilsners. Uh, it's not necessarily for me as well. So to me, this is yeah. kind of able in between those three. It's a hybrid of old school West Coast meets dry hop Pilsner meets uh, brood IPA, even though I never. Okay. Brood, All brood, right. Brood IPA. But yeah, I, you're not on the wrong path, I don't think. Okay. You can't tell Brian that. I'll hear that. <laughs> That's right. I'm already dancing yeah. over here. Do Don't you worry guys, about it. <laughs> Do you guys know uh, Halfway Crooks? You're on here at Halfway Crooks in Atlanta? Yeah, we stopped by on the way up to uh, Southern Grist's anniversary. Um, that okay. was one of the breweries that, our yeah. friends that we had to stop by. I kind of got the impression that you guys might know. I really love what he's doing as far as loggers go. The, oh, the loggers he's putting out there are just, just super quality, just really good stuff. So. Well, awesome. Well, guys, we like we said, we got to talk about this a little bit because I think everyone is interested right now what their favorite breweries are doing in the face of the coronavirus, COVID-19. And uh, you guys kind of like we talked about, no slowing down. You're opening new tap rooms, the new plans coming, new equipment coming. So how have things been going for you? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the beer side and I'll let Paul talk about um, how okay. we kind of fit a little bit of the business as well. But uh, yeah, we had a tap room coming open. We were going to have a restaurant in there and um you know it's going to be another arm of a distillery that we're also starting up um, under ology's name but uh we basically held off on all construction but made that a curbside location which gave us three locations in tallahassee which if you're not familiar with tallahassee it's um not a big city but uh it, right. it is a good city and uh we have three great tap rooms that will be open um in the future but we kind of hybridized what we were doing but uh i'm going to let paul talk about what else we did yeah, to the beer side too. We, we've obviously, as everybody else, just everything went to package, didn't fill kegs anymore, and moved a lot of volume in cans. We also got into uh, hand sanitizer. I think a bunch of other people did. Um, we had just gotten our distiller's license and were asked by the state. Uh, they kind of went down the list. I think it was called every distiller and said, hey, do you have any alcohol? Can you make hand sanitizer? And we were like, yeah, sure. I mean literally had never ordered alcohol in our lives um, <laughs> right. and we ended up go. with a yeah. tanker truck load in our driveway um okay. so 18 wheeler tanker truck and fulfilled a giant order of hand sanitizer for the state of florida which was uh, great to help people out and you know we're still giving people hand sanitizer as they need it at the moment so yeah. that was a big pivot and to see the team come alive and be like okay like this is what we're doing while at the same time totally revamping how you service customers, how you interact with them from the beer side. And our team has a kind of deep bench of people that we can call on. So when we knew that we were going to be tap rooms are going to be kind of shut down, uh, we had a curbside site up in about two hours that was functional and ready okay. and working. All right. yeah. It's pretty amazing. We got some, some people on the team that are really tech savvy. So Anyways, that's generally what we were doing. Yeah, I think when we we were down there just over a year ago, when during April the SGI Brewfest, yeah. we came down for SGI Brewfest and uh, met our friends there at WVFT in Tallahassee, our local station there in Tallahassee, and did the beer fest. And I think at the time you guys just had the one tap room. Is that right? That would make sense. Yeah, we yeah, opened our great. second tap room uh, about a year ago now. Okay, then, so uh, we may have yeah. just came, yeah, just the crossover point there. But so we had a good time hanging out there, drinking some DDH 
sensory overload and different Berliners. We drank and stuff, a bunch so. of stuff there in the, in yeah. the tap room. Then we bought a bunch of Growlers home too. We and did. drank even more. So it was a good time. Some of the juice labs. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff. Do you have plans in, in place for the opening? Because that I think that has to be coming soon for you guys, right? Or is it going to be a little ways off? It's it's coming. Yeah, yeah we do. We're, we're through the uh, online web uh, application where you would order. You're going to be able to re- reserve tables. Now we're just going to do a, res- a reservation process just to kind of keep the uh, demand in check and make sure we can service it safely. Is the state of Florida, do they have a date set for re- – are you guys un- in the process of reopening now? The state does not have a date for bars the way we fall okay. under – um, with our bars now, if you have food associated, you can open like you're a restaurant and follow those okay. rules. So some of the breweries here are saying that they're opening and they're bringing food trucks in, which is great. Uh, we just have a lot on our plate right now, and we really, you know, we're be able to service the community at the moment the way we're doing it. So, gotcha. you know, okay. we might open really soon, we might not. It's really up to um, kind of the involving environment. Yeah, here in Georgia, we wanted to get our essential businesses reopened. Places like bowling alleys and right. tattoo parlors. So. <laughs> and hair, nail salons. Nail salons. Yeah, we right. had to make yeah. sure to get that done. Absolutely. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Ology Brewing. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. As a brewery owner or taproom manager, are you looking for ways to enhance your customer experience while maximizing your revenues? CraftSeller is a mobile solution that helps your brewery drive sales and attract new customers through online pre-sales for beer releases, events, and memberships. Get details now at CraftSeller.com. Mention Beer Guys Radio after sign-up and extend your free trial to a full 30 days. Remember, CraftSeller.com, C-R-A-F-T-C-E-L-L-R.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, WVWI Radio 1 1000 AM in Charlotte Amalia in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WVWI Radio 1 every Saturday at 1 a.m. local time. Now let's get back to our conversation with Ology Brewing. Ology Brewing. You know, Brian, I like that Virgin Islands station because even though it's U.S. Virgin, I- Virgin Islands, I feel a little international. It feels, yeah. There. We it's get into, nice. uh, we we get outside of Puerto Virgin Rico. I- Puerto Rico, it's too, the, yeah. Our station there is the number one news talk station in the Caribbean. It is. So there's that. And yeah. it's a, I yeah. mean, it's fitting that so we're there. there. Yeah. Paul, Nick, did you know that about us? That we that are on the awesome. number one? How about that, right? The number yeah. one beer news in the Caribbean. That's Islands. it, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, we just got into a beer. I think I want to talk a little bit about not only your version of it, but kind of what this beer stands for. We just opened all together. 
And this is a, a great story. This is a worldwide collaboration beer. Can you tell us a little bit about All Together and kind of your take on it? Yeah, I mean, Sam emailed us and asked us to be a part of this thing, basically just uh, to support the industry. Um, and th that industry is a little more expansive than just the beer industry, but hospitality in general. You know, the people that we service is people love food, people love beer, and really just keeping those workers alive uh, and able to keep going. You know, in, in our tap room, we've luckily been able to keep some hours going and uh, curbside and hand sanitizer, but that's not the case for every industry worker out there. Right. But this is a global collaboration started by other half, other half. kind of spark this. And uh, the proceeds from the beer go, like you mentioned, to help people in various hospitality industries, correct? You got it. I know we had several breweries here in Georgia, Brian, that did it. And I think you grabbed another version down in Orlando as well, right? I do. I have the one from Sideward that we yeah. can get into at some point later on. So you know what, folks? Keep an eye out. If you see an all together out there, you can buy it, enjoy good beer, and uh, do some good there. So the collaboration is Other Half, Stout Collective, and Craft Peak to support the hospitality workers. So it's a it's multiple people involved in it, website guys and uh, people that are providing the raw materials okay. as well. 809 breweries from 50 states and 52 countries are involved How as of that, the man? last I checked. Good stuff. Yeah. I think I've had four of them so yeah, far. Yeah, sounds about Three right. Three or four of them. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, guys, we want to talk to you some about the history of ology, and we're going to kind of segue that into art and science in brewing. So, Nick, I saw your family as a longtime Tallahassee, I think since the 50s. Your grandfather was a prominent researcher at Florida State and studied how we experience taste, correct? Yeah, you got it. Uh, my yeah. grandfather moved down to Florida State University to start the biopsychology uh, department. So basically, how do we physiologically, like actually physically taste um, scientifically, but also how do we psychologically taste? And kind of marrying those ideas of experience changes everything. What you're doing at the time changes what you're tasting. And obviously what you're tasting changes how you perceive the beer. Um, sure. And then my yeah. dad did smell as well. Um, so yeah. that was his father-in-law. And it's kind of marrying that idea of can we um, can we change how we perceive beer? Beer is a great social liquid, and uh, I love it. I've been homebrewing for ten years before we started Ology, but uh, you know what we love most, I think, is actually the social aspect. And uh, good quality beer in a social aspect is really an amazing thing. That is really important. I, I was just thinking of an example that I experienced just today. I had a beer I will not name down in Orlando when I was tired. Tasted amazing. Had it when I was up here, I realized it was an old IPA. Okay. I picked one sure, up man. off the shelf yeah. and I tasted immediately that it was aged. But being tired, worn out at the end of the day and drinking one, it tasted like the most brilliant thing I'd ever had. So I think we've all seen that at a time where, you know, there are certain beers, Brian, I've had probably 30 times, you know, uh, or, or shoot, more than that, to be honest with you. But different experiences, you know, you're, I tell you what, guys, here's a good story. When we were down in St. George Island for the Brew Fest, uh, there's a local, another beer show there in Tallahassee called the uh, TLH Beer Society. And they have a, a show. And it's kind of a funny joke between the guys at, at our station, WVFT, and these guys about the beer Natter Days, yeah. which is strawberry <laughs> lemonade beer, un, quote unquote beer. Well, Greg Tish, the morning radio host from WVFT, brought like two suitcases. 
So he brought him down there, and we're sitting on the the beach drinking these Natterdays. Guys, I'm going to be honest; they were pretty darn tasty out there in the heat and the sea air blowing around. You know, I'm not I'm not going to knock them at all. So you <laughs> yeah. know, your your environment, the company you're with, and the environment definitely can impact your taste reception. And heckling those guys while we drank them yes. made them even tastier. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a good time there. So now we also saw that uh, I saw your grandfather did some experiments with the Miracle Berries. Yeah. Have you ever done uh, Miracle Berry and beer tasting at Ology? We definitely have. We've tried it with our sour beer. He was actually, um, he was the one that discovered them from an American science standpoint. Uh, down How about in South that? America. So um, he's got a pretty cool little cartoon from New York Times of him going down there tasting it but yeah my my uh there's a picture on the website as well of my mom she'd get a dime every time she got the uh sweeter sour check mark correct uh okay. taste station that i think i've tried that before we've had places down here that have done like official tastings uh mm-hmm. flavor tripping parties you know yes. to go out and check them out and i think i've done it like unofficially like at a bottle share pop some i did it once and, too. uh yeah. it's an interesting interesting uh it's experiment. really interesting. I happened to read something about it recently. They all, they actually were on the decline for a lot of years because sugar was so inexpensive. But now that people are wise to some of the dangers of sugar, like sugar isn't necessarily a great thing. Right. They're on the incline again. So diabetics can have really sweet things again without having to worry about okay. blood sugar issues. So they're on the rise, but uh, they're I guess they're out of some portion of Africa. They're, a true they, miracle, Brian. Yeah, a it is quite miracle miraculous, theory. Tim. Yes. Well, Nick, I want to talk to you some about, you know, we talked about kind of the science of taste and flavor and smell. And we all know that brewing is kind of a mix of, of science and art. What personally influences you more when you brew? It's definitely a blend. It's when I'm sure. formulating a recipe, I try to think more you know, methodical about how the recipe is formulated and why I'm making the stuff I am, but then you taste the beer and it doesn't matter what recipe you made. If you like, right. it, you like it, if you don't, yeah. you don't. So that's the beauty of it is, uh, the science is actually, uh, perceptible. You can do something tangible, uh, out of the science and the background that you have, which is really neat. You make something that you put a lot of thought into and then you're able to experience it with friends and have a great time. From an outsider's perspective, because I'm not obviously in Nick's head and he's the guy making all the decisions on what a beer is and why it is what it is. Nick has this unique ability to synthesize so many pieces of data, both from tasting a lot of different beer from some of the best uh, brewers in the world, but then also just, you know, reading everything he can get his hands on listening to anybody talk about what they're doing, whether it's on a podcast like this or some other podcast and, and to bring that together and to brew a beer that just blows your mind the first time he brews it. Right. So when you guys had resolved Enigma, it was literally his first try at doing that beer, that style, that everything. And I think just that's, um, it's a talent to bring so many different facets of, you know, little pieces of data from here and there, bring them together and stitch a, stitch a perfect beer together first try. Yeah. That's, we talked, there was a discussion here, I don't know, a while ago uh, about a brewery that was talking about their lab and they they were talking about, Hey, this, all these measurements are, are perfect. You know, all these measurements, technically this beer is exactly what it should be. But someone came in and said, yeah, but it doesn't taste good. You know, so that it doesn't taste right. And you're like, you know, you can scientifically be dead on point, hit all your marks and all your numbers of what you're going to. But kind of like you said, Nick, you bring the science into it. But if at the end of the day, the beer doesn't taste good, the science is for nothing there. 
So yeah. it's uh, to see those graphs. I've seen them where they they a uh, gas spectro. So yes, I don't know what right, it is to look at, but it. you mm-hmm. see the spikes in all of the popular beers, and you start to see a, there's a lot of relationship there. There's there's a similarity, a lot of the same kind of spikes in these different kinds of beers, and those mild differences in in the charts. But, you know, they, they mean a big deal for the beer. They're perceived yeah. as much different beers. But when you look at them at that level, they look very similar. That, see, I know just enough of the science to n- have no clue at all what I'm talking about. That's right. <laughs> but I find it fascinating. I love to hear it and see what's going on. But good stuff. Well, we need to take another break. We'll be back very soon to talk more with Ology Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. As beer lovers, we know real beer. And Athletic Brewing makes non-alcoholic beer that stands shoulder to shoulder with full-strength craft beer. With a fraction of the calories and certified organic, it's a great beer to enjoy anytime. Check out Athletic's selection of IPAs, Golden Ales, Stouts, and more at athleticbrewing.com. Use code BEERGUYS25 for 25% off your first order, and U.S. customers get free nationwide shipping. Athletic Brewing, brew without compromise. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our back there victor now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to ology brewing Guys, I just poured some of your sensory overload into I've got like a goblet glass and I'm holding it by the stem. And I noticed on your website, you've got some directions. I'm not sure if I'm doing this right, but you have some advice on how people should hold their beer glasses, correct? Yeah, well, right now, while you're holding your solo cup, because um, we're all doing plastic okay. disposables yes. at bars, <laughs> Get your cup. Um, yep. Just, yep. just grip it and rip it. Go for it. Good <laughs> idea. Good call. All right. Good right call. on, right on. Yes. So is there, there's, but there is a little different, depending on the beer you have in there, a little different way you can grip it to kind of bring the most out in the beer, bringing some science to it. Yeah, you can bring a little bit of science into it if you want to. Um, you know, you can warm the glass a little bit and you can uh, keep it cold. That's uh, yeah. really, really up to preference. Um, I, yeah, I definitely say drink a lager cold and drink a stout a little warmer. You know, I think that that when I was looking at on your website, it, it did make me think a little bit about how do I hold a glass. And I think I'm typically, I typically have a couple fingers on the actual bowl of the glass, uh, unless it's a stout and I'll fit, I'll hold a stout. I'll like cut my hand around it to warm it up, you know, but, but that's, that's it. And, you know, with the solo cup, like you said, man, just get a good grip on there. Throw the ping pong ball at it, Brian. That's right drink away exactly try not to choke on the ping pong that's ball right. when you're yeah. when you're drinking <laughs> I, I you know i always wondered where i i'm not even sure where i got the whole thing with the stout but yes 
you cupping it to warm it up was always a thing because it, yeah. it was almost always too cold yeah. you know sure. but anyway yeah, yeah if they're all thrown in the beer fridge you're gonna have not everything's gonna be at the right exactly, exactly we right. need more refrigerators brian two is not enough that's right Right. We, need more. we need one that's more cellar yeah. temp, like yes. a, a third. We just need a cellar temp. Slightly cool, not yeah. fully refrigerated. Yeah. Well, guys, we brushed on this a little bit earlier, but we want to talk a little bit more about your distillery that's coming along. So when should we see the distillery and kind of what are you going to focus on there? It is, uh, it's happening now. We, it's happening. We got a beautiful 200-gallon still set up somewhere in the next week. It should actually be all plumbed up and working, which is phenomenal and exciting but we're gonna we're gonna focus on some really true american rums without any additives showing really what a good cane fermentation can present uh when distilled so you know the rum world's full of a lot of uh imposters that have like dubious uh aging statements on their labels and added sugar they don't tell you about i think most of the rum out there that people think of is actually not rum it's rum liqueur because there's so much sugar added to them and the great bourbon and whiskey rye scotch drinkers um, are finding some of these really amazing true rum producers and and falling in love with them and there just aren't a lot of them in the u.s at the moment and there's uh, hopefully a nice little resurgence in focus there Uh, you go back to you know, the colonial days of uh, the founding of our country, rum was the spirit you would have drank, and it would definitely not have been back sweetened with sugar. So, and it would have probably been aged in, you know, some kind of used barrel. So that's uh, that's what we're excited about. I think you guys have a really amazing producer that right there in uh, Georgia at Richland Rum. They do some Richland, fantastic yeah, stuff. So stuff. you take some, uh, if somebody, your listeners in the area have a chance, definitely find some, drink some. Uh, it'll it'll give you a different appreciation for what rum can be. So yeah, I, I kind of want to add from a, a consumer that did not like rum before. I had kind of this what Paul's talking about this resurgence is. I just didn't like rum, but now when I have these uh, these newer barrel aged um, and even not barrel aged sometimes, but really thought out rums, it, it it's a very complex, well put together flavor. It's very nice. Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that that I would consider that has say an artisan component to it that a lot of people's first introduction to it is not the quality stuff. Uh, (laughs) tequila is a great example. For sure. You, you start off with Cuervo gold, which is a horrible intro to what tequila can be cheeses, cigars, Brian, you know, people get introduced to gas station cigars. And if you try that tequila or that cigar, you may think I don't like tequila or I don't like cigars or I don't like, cheese or what have you and the problem is you just haven't had a good one or beer yeah that was the beer industry right for a long time that was the beer industry yeah or you get the coconut rum or pineapple rum and mistakenly think that you like rum when all Mm. you really like is pineapple juice and coconut do not hate on malibu (laughs) do not hate on malibu going forward are you guys thinking about getting into something you know, with a little bit more aging involved, like bourbons or other other interesting spirits. I, I think we're going to age quite a few things. We're we're going to age rum for long periods of time. Uh, it's going to be one of our main focuses on the aged spirit side. It's going to be aged rums. Some of my favorite rums are coming out of up in Massachusetts uh, at Richland there, and then down from Barbados at Foursquare. And so that's going to be our main, yeah, privateers up in Massachusetts. If you're looking for a really good American rum that is uh, 
you know, oak aged and has that really great qualities that come from a, a nice spirits resting in an American charred oak. I'm sure we'll do some rye. I think we all love rye. Uh, and we're going to do some kind of extreme rye variants. And then uh, I think that, you know, as a business, just, we're going to still sell some vodka and gin. And we're going to make some really interesting locally influenced gin varieties. But yeah, we'll see where the adventure takes us. It, it's not a set course at the moment, other than we know we we like rum and we don't think there's enough really good aged rum out there. So we're going to start stockpiling some. So, Paul, when I was into rum, the rums that I hit were what I called the three Zs, Zacapa, Zafra, and Zaya. Are those good rums? You know, I think that there's a, a place for those rums, but I might call them rum liqueurs just from the amount of added sugar they have. So, I, yeah, I think that the, the big thing in my world is for rum, it just needs to be labeled and presented to the consumers a little more correctly. It'd be like putting lactose in a big stout and not telling somebody and then them getting really sick because they're lactose intolerant. And so it's kind of fun. The rum world's got, I think, some dichotomy, the good guys, the bad guys, and there's kind of this shift to have these pure, true rums. So, you know, it's what craft beer's been, right? We, it we is had, what it is, right? We okay, had bad guys you. of uh, uh, the big beer boys uh, that said the only thing in the world was beer was Budweiser, and that's not the truth. You know, there's a lot of other cool stuff out there. Uh, and you see evolution all over the place in the beer world. So keep it evolving. Well, guys, we got a little bit of time left here, and we don't want to wrap this up without talking some about your stouts. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about kind of your stout philosophy. Yeah, so we we do a ton of grain. We're we're doing something depends on the stout itself, but two to three mashes. So we're adding, you know, we're, we're a pretty small brewery right now at a five barrel brew house, about 150 gallons, but we're putting somewhere around 1200 pounds of grain into that and just boiling for 24 to 35 hours. There we go. Long yeah. boils, long, baby. Long, long yes. boils. I know, yes. uh, I know Jason up at uh, Orpheus yes. into that. Uh, and, yeah. uh, I don't think he's wrong. I think it really does develop a lot of really neat flavors. Obviously, the mouthfeel is different than any other kind of stout um, that you're not boiling for that long. And I think you get a viscosity on those that you just don't get. I mean, you get, oh yeah, you know, you'll you're you swirling in a glass and it almost paints the glass black, orange, oh, yeah. like orange yeah. legs on it. And you really can't carbonate it either. Like it, no, it, no. It, this, this is a uh, <laughs> yeah. this is a, a almost syrupy, but uh, you know, we we try to balance it with roast. I think we're fairly heavier roast than most other producers currently, but it, it is a balanced roast, so it, it takes that sweetness that is uh, inherent when you have that much you know residual sugar that that thickness. But uh, the roast really kind of makes it palatable. Carbonate and, and motor oil, right? Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. luck. So do you have the same philosophy on stouts as rum adjuncts in that, or are we good with throwing some, some lactose and adjuncts into a stout? You know, I, we, I will throw lactose in a stout, but um, our barrel aged stouts in general, except unless it's a collab, we're about to release collab that does have milk sugar, but in okay. general, if it hits a barrel, I try not to put lactose in it or I don't put All lactose right. in it. All right. I, I, Maybe I want... oats. Yeah. We put a fair amount of oats. Um, I'll throw vanilla in there. I'll throw hazelnut, whatever, you know, whatever the adjunct is post, post barrel aging but uh in general i want to get my sugars and my mouth feel all that from the grain itself excellent sounds good to me yeah well, I, I like those brian i I'm, I'm a big fan of that yeah absolutely you know guys uh, we're just about out of time if people want to keep up with what you guys are up to your your future plans distillery and whatnot where should they go social media uh we try to update our facebook and our instagram pretty regularly we're going to be uh, doing even more with that, but uh, we, we try to show what we're doing with that. Uh, we also have our membership, our rooftop 
syndicate where you can get early access to some bottles and stuff like that. But uh, in general, just social media. Great. The Twitters, the Instagram, the socials. The socials. Yeah, well, well, we right. definitely have a stronger Instagram and Facebook than Twitter. Yeah. I think that's becoming pretty much the norm. Anymore. Pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we check out a brewery, Brian, we just discovered recently, Monkey Town yes. Brewing out of Dayton, Tennessee. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so follow us along for more news. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.